Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Hope you're well, as always. Getting geared up to go to Australia next month, which is going to be exciting. Uh, you know, when I first started uh, dog training, you know, somebody I looked up to a lot was Forrest Mickey. And if you're not familiar with Forrest, he, uh, Forrest is a very interesting human being that, um, interesting in a good way. Um, he's kind of, he's cut from a different cloth in a good way. He's very creative. He's very sincere. He's a good friend. He's a dear friend. And we've been friends now for over a decade, I'd say, since I've been in the dog world. And back in the day, I would, uh, there wasn't much on the internet to learn about dogs from like it was tough to uh, learn things you know and and I was just like you guys you know I was a dog lover that started a dog walking company and then organically started messing around with dogs with training because I got into the dog walking company because it was what I loved to do I just went with something I loved went with something I was good at I've always had a knack for dogs I've always been interested in what makes them tick and how they how they perceive the world. I always try to get into their brain and figure things out. And I think that that's what's yielded um, some some results in my career um, because that's what I try to do. I don't I don't look at it as a hobby. I look at it as a lifestyle and a culture. And um, I think that that's what's been really helpful to me. So anyway, uh, back in the day, there really wasn't much. <clears throat> and I remember my trainer friend back then who was kind of mentoring me a little bit uh, Janine, she said, you got to watch Michael Ellis. I said, okay. So I just, she said, go on YouTube, watch it. I said, okay. So I went on YouTube and then I watched um, Michael Ellis and he's a dog trainer from Santa Rosa, California. He does a lot of uh, dog training for dog trainers. He doesn't do a lot of pet stuff. So it might be a little, could be a little overwhelming for some pet owners because it's a lot of terminology and it's, 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 he's got some He's got he's got a lot of knowledge, which is great. Anyway, I started watching his stuff, and I remember this young. I was like, "Man, wow, Michael's like the man," you know. And again, it was like Michael and uh, some other people on YouTube, but nothing like it is today. That's for sure. I mean, everybody's on YouTube dog training now, and everybody's on social media dog training now, which is fine. It's just there wasn't that back then at all. There was Michael Ellis, and then there was Learberg, and Learberg's kind of a they were an online dog training video distribution service. They would email you DVDs or you can download uh, some of their courses. I don't watch that stuff anymore because a lot of it is was really outdated as far as the production. So it's kind of hard to watch. Um, it was like 20 years old probably. They probably have some new stuff. But anyway, there was I was watching some YouTube videos and you guys can go look this up. And I might actually look up after this just some of these old videos to bring back some memories. But I remember I was just sitting on my couch um, in a house that was foreclosed that I was living out of for free, probably illegally. Um, but I had internet and I had power and we kept the lights on. And I was watching this video of Michael Ellis training these dogs in this, in this kind of like garage little 
facility type thing in, in California. And I was like, wow, this is the real deal. They have a facility, they have clients and there was this, and they were doing decoy work. So, uh, they were practicing and training for Mondio ring and <clears throat> Mondio ring is like one of the, it's like one of the, I'm going to get into the episode, uh, title here, but I just wanted to share this story uh, organically. I think that's the beauty of podcasting is just a different format of information from other people's brains. And so they were competing for Mondio Ring and Mondio Ring is like a ring sport. So like Schutzen or IGP or French Ring um, protection stuff. And so you have a decoy. And at the time there was like this young guy, you know, just cool uh, working with Michael, uh, taking bites from this. uh, I think it was... So interesting enough, I think it was the dog's name is Rush. And Rush, if you look back on these videos, Rush was a Malinois. Um, and Rush was owned by Sydney, 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 uh, forget her last name, but it's Ed Frawley's wife. <clears throat> I don't know if they're still together, but and Ed Frawley's the, the owner of Learberg. And so I remember watching this dog Rush do bites on Forest, and Michael was teaching. So it was like Michael, Sydney, they were training trainers together and Forrest was in the bite suit and they were doing this crazy like bite tactic where Forrest would like lean down and the dog would try to bite. So if Forrest was facing the dog, when the dog would do a frontal attack, they call it, he would lean down so the dog would get Forrest's back. Like it was a really bizarre catch i don't know what their goals were at that but i think Forrest, you could just tell he was just playing around and you know having fun with this f- dangerous situation really if you don't know what you're doing and i was like man that's so fascinating so i started looking up Forrest's stuff <clears throat> and uh i just he forest is really really big into more competitive obedience and um yeah competitive obedience you know really fancy healing really fancy uh, reward systems, just very intricate, advanced obedience. Um, but not just v- obedience either. It's just theory too. And how dogs learn, he has a very unique system about how he does it. And him and Michael have been training with each other for a long time now. And, um, and so anyway, I was like, man, that's cool. And I started watching Forrest and kind of watch. He, he wasn't really big on social media, meaning like he didn't post at all. Not like he didn't have followers. He just didn't post. But he had a website and I found his website. I'm like, man, this guy's so cool. He's like doing all this cool stuff with dogs. And I could just tell like what really attracted me to Forrest's training is you could tell like he he was doing innovative stuff, but he was doing it because he wanted to get better and he wanted to sharpen his tools. And so I went to his website. So I just studied him and Michael for months and months and months. And I just, just all I watched was free Learberg uh, videos on YouTube. And then, uh, I send it, I sent him an email just kind of introducing myself and, um, just said like, Hey, um, Tyler Muto, which is another colleague and friend of mine who is in Buffalo, New York. He was one of the Learberg trainers. And he said, I'm going to go out Tyler was doing a seminar out at Learberg, which is in Menominee, Wisconsin. And that's where Forrest worked. He worked at Learberg at the time with Ed and filming and training and making videos. And Forrest was kind of nomadic. He was living out of his van with his dogs. He had an apartment, but he was just kind of traveling the country, kind of dipping around. And uh, so I just said like, hey, you know, I'd really like to come out and meet you, Forrest. I can come to Tyler's seminar. I can attend that. We can, I just feel like, you know, we'll really 
get along because I can see your your creative, innovative, motivating inspiration in the dog world. He was kind of trying to beat his own path down, uh, and and I really was interested in that. And I and that's when I just started training and learning things and just helping people out, and it was a really cool time. Excuse me. And so Forrest had emailed me like two weeks later, (laughs) and that's just how he is. And he's like, yeah, um, yeah, nice to meet you. You know, thanks for the kind words. Um, Yeah, if you want to come out, I'll be there. And and he was guarded, like, and I don't blame him. I was, I I am, and I was too, you know. Um, But at this point, I just, you know, I was just a a one or two year dog trainer trying to figure out which path I wanted to go and who I wanted to learn from and what type of trainer I wanted to be and he just kind of said like, yeah, I'll be around if you go, you know, meaning like, Hey, I'm not going to agree to hang out with you and get to know you because I don't know you. And, um, I was like, yeah, okay. I'll, you know, I'll do anything to like create relationships with people to try to really understand why they do the things that they do. And, and I saw Forrest doing all these cool things. And so, uh, yeah, so I went out there and then we hit it off and we've pretty much been talking ever since then, you know, 10 years ago now. And, one of the cool things was, is I was really interested in the decoy work. And this is just another quick side story. While we were at that seminar, um, Cindy was there, which is Ed Frawley's wife, uh, or what, I'm not sure if they're together, but, uh, and so Forrest was there. And after Forrest and I hung out for about day one after the, uh, seminar, I just said, you know, talked to him about decoy work. And I said, I, I expressed some interest in it. He said, yeah, you want to like get us, get a leg sleeve on and catch a dog I'm like yeah sure so he's like hey Sydney you want to go grab your dog Rush and I was like like Rush Rush like the dog I've been watching for a long time you know on the internet every day and that was a really cool experience I have some videos and pictures of that um on my Instagram and stuff from a long time ago but anyway that was really cool and so uh, I'm excited. To, so my point is, is, you know, I kind of watched Forrest and I, I remember he used to go to Australia to train dogs. And I was like, man, if I could ever get to a point to go to Australia to train dogs, that'll be really incredible. Like a really, like what a dream. And next month in a couple of weeks, I'm heading over to Australia with Forrest to do uh, two seminars with him and then one by myself. And so I'm really excited to get over there. It's going to be, you know, Forrest and I have shared the stage before. Um, but it's going to kind of come full circle going over to Australia to do a seminar with him. It's, it's really cool. So anyway, if you guys are interested in that tickets and information is in the description, but today I want to talk about, I just, I don't know that organically just kind of popped out I'm going to Australia. Um, I want to talk about getting your dog to walk nicely on a leash and taking my time to kind of go over the theory and, and the instructions behind it. And this is cool too, because you guys can listen to this and you can send it to others to give people the context, um, you know, even before they start training. Cause I think having some theory and some pre-programming and some proactive information and education on what we're trying to achieve is important. Maybe before you go watch somebody actually do it or before you go to try to do it. So, um, walking your dog on the leash our main goal and a lot of people I would say 90% of people out there struggle with getting a loose leash you know there are some dogs out there the unicorn dogs the dogs who fall into place so quickly and they've never pulled and they're always just great this really isn't for you because 
you already have that dog that doesn't do that. But those are they're unicorn dogs and they're out there. Um, and so, but it, but you know, everyone else, uh, you have a dog that you got to understand, like, it's very natural for dogs to pull on the leash because it's unnatural for them to be tethered to something. Um, in the beginning, they don't know what that is. They don't know what that information is, especially as puppies, especially dogs that you just rescued that they've never been on a leash. That's why like when you get a shelter dog out, they drag you in all over the place because they don't know what it is. Same thing with puppies. You put a puppy on a leash, they... For the first time, you know, they jump up in the air, they kick out, they start freaking out because they don't know what it is. They feel like they're being trapped. But we know as dog owners, it's inevitable. Like we have to put our dogs on leashes. Uh, it's the safe thing to do and it's something that you just have to do. So uh, with that being said, just understanding when you get a dog and you're introducing leash pressure, um, there's a couple different ways that you can do it. But for me, what I try to do is understand that dogs have four legs and we have two. Um, they're always going to want to walk faster than us because they have to, unless they walk in slow motion or maybe they're a small little dog. But the reality is, is um, when you're introducing leash pressure or the heel command to a dog, you have to teach them how to shut the pressure off from the leash first. And that can be a, that could take 10 seconds to 10 minutes to a month. It just depends on how in depth you want to get. It depends on how concerning it is for you to to teach your dog these things, or how concerned if it is, if you don't if your dog doesn't know these things. But you know, for an example, I just took a our nanny has two German Shepherd puppies. They're six months old, and she said, "Hey, could you help me out?" I said, "Yeah, sure." So she brought she brought them both over, but I started with one, and um, I did a video of it too. You guys can watch it on YouTube. I'll leave the link in the description. Um. But basically, it, it, this dog was um, – so I'll just give you like the most basic way to introduce this. So this dog was obviously pulling on the leash because he's never he's never been told he couldn't pull on the leash. He's never been – he's never had a reason not to pull on the leash. Let's put it that way. That's the best way to put it. So I put him on a flat collar. He pulls. Boom. He's at the end of the leash. He's pushing he, – he basically feels like he has to pull me to get to where he wants. And that's where a lot of dogs are. If you watch their behavior, they don't even look at you. They don't they don't engage with you. They don't care that you're there. You put them on a leash and they just pull their chest forward because they feel like that's just what that's how you walk is you pull the owner, you pull the handler. Um and so I always teach puppies how to walk right when I get them. Uh, I'm getting a puppy next year uh in late February, uh, early March. So you guys are going to be seeing what we're going to do is we're going to film a development. So basically like the whole six weeks of the dog's life every week, I'm going to film and then we'll just sell it as a complete puppy course, but you'll also see it behind the scenes. But anyway, my point is, is I start, I start pretty immediately, you know, after week two, we'll start with leash pressure because if you do it early, it's easier, right? Just like with kids, like don't wait until they're in first grade to teach them how to talk and to teach them how to do colors and teach them how to count. Like why wait? So again, just going back to this German Shepherd puppy, again, I just saw that, like this dog had no idea that he wasn't supposed to pull. I had no idea, none. He just boop, pulled right through it. His chest just puffed out and he just would, he just put his head down and he's like, so in order to pull harder, he would just put his head down, he'd put his chest forward and he would just start tugging me along. And that's where, you know, a lot of dogs do because if you don't teach them to engage with you as a handler, if you don't teach your dog 
what heel is. And heel is just a behavior that we use. It's a cue that we do to tell the dog to walk loosely at our side, right? And we'll talk about that in a minute. But if you don't teach them how to heel and you don't teach them to not pull, then you're just inconveniencing them by hanging onto the leash. You might as well just let go because they're just going to go where they want to anyway. And so a lot of people, what they do frustratingly is they will say, hey, or they'll say, no, or say, don't pull, stop. I mean, I've, I've seen it all. It's just a disaster. Um, and they just will yell and scream. And the, the dog has no idea what you're saying. So unless you teach a dog a behavior, like unless you spend time fundamentally teaching a dog a behavior, anything that you say to your dog is not going to make sense. So think about that for a second. Dogs don't understand English. So like my son, if I just randomly said a bunch of different things, he'd have zero, he's one years old. He has no idea what I'm saying. But over time you teach him red, 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 green, green, green. And he knows, okay, this color that I'm seeing through my eyes means red. (laughs) This color that I see means blah, (laughs) right? So same thing with dogs. If you don't spend time teaching them, hey, heel is heel. What? What is that? Down is down, place is place, et cetera. Any behavior, you have to spend fundamental necessity, necessary time to teach the dog the behavior. And that's where, again, like if you want to mess up your relationship, put your dog at the end of the leash and start telling them things that they don't know. That's the best way to ruin your relationship. That's the best way to create anxiety. That's the best way to create fear. That's the best way to create protectiveness. It's all just, it's so easy for me. Like, you know, I had these, I mean, it's just my job. I know, but like, you know, my nanny was like, oh, you know, they're, you know, they're kind of a lot. And it just took me like five minutes to just boom, 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 tune them up really quick. And it was like, holy crap. You know, it's like, it's easy. You just have to be really clear. Like they're animals. They need you. They want you to show them assertively what they need to do because they're going to go down that path a lot easier instead of them poking their nose through everything, trying to figure out what they should be doing. They don't know. So going back to the heel, um, just that's just one thing that we see in the beginning, right? So if you have a dog and they're automatically just pushing through, it just means that they don't know any better. And the only reason why they're pulling is because they want to go somewhere and they don't have any idea that they're not supposed to pull. So check yourself if you're saying all this mumbo jumbo and it's not applicable because if you're saying, no, don't stop with me, they don't know it. You're wasting your time. You look like a fool, sound like a fool. So what you want to do is understand that the heel command, so a lot of people don't understand this, the heel command, any command that you give your dog specifically with heel is a behavior that the dog is going to be in until you release the dog. So I've been talking about this for a decade using this analogy. It's like an automobile transmission. If you have a manual transmission and you put your dog into heel, it's first gear, right? And then you put your dog into a brake, they're neutral. They can kind of go where they want. They go forward, they can go backwards, they can go wherever they want. But you did that manually. It's on your terms, the driver, the handler. So that's important. Like we're not going to be healing our dogs for long periods of time. We're not going to be healing our dogs for a big distance. These are babies, basically. Like this dog knows nothing. So if you want your dog to ride a bike for the very first time, like your kid, like you're, they're not going to enter the Tour de France and all of a sudden just be ripping around your neighborhood the first day they get on a bike. They're going to be on training wheels. They're going to be nervous. They're going to be scared. They're going to be insecure because they haven't done it. They're not going to be comfortable and they're going to have to figure it out. But after week one, week two, 
they're zipping, right? You hear the training wheels, they're cruising, they're laughing, they're having a good time. So it's the same thing with dogs. You just have to go in incremental steps because this is where everyone kind of makes that mistake is they simply just put the dog in the end of the leash and they just start heel bang, heel bang, heel bang, heel bang, heel bang. So you, it's not necessarily a terrible thing to start off with correcting your dog um, if they're, you know, major pullers, like this dog was six months old. And in my experience, in my opinion, all dogs should be fully off leash trained by six months. Uh, meaning, okay, I shouldn't say that all dogs can be fully off trained at six months. So the fact that this dog didn't know how to yield to leash pressure, he was an eight week old puppy. People wait until the dog has a problem. People wait for the dog to get 80 pounds to care about healing. Do not do that. Please. <laughs> Don't do that. Train your dog right when you get them. Why wait? So um, leash pressure. So so what I, what I typically do is I create a rectangle, first of all. I get into a non-distracted environment. I get a piece of equipment that's going to help me power steer the animal safely. So in this case, with this six-month-old dog, I think he was like 65, 70 pounds, I, I put him on a slip. He pulled right through. The, I can just tell the amount of weight this dog put on the slip collar told me like, okay, this is not going to be the safest tool because he's going to end up choking himself out and he's not going to understand it. So I went to the prong collar immediately and it's okay to go to the prong collar immediately with, with dogs who are need them, right? So a big, strong dog that's going to immediately start pulling. See, and, and that's the misconception too, is a lot of people are like right to the prong question mark, or I don't want to have to use the prong. You have to understand that like, that's like you saying, I don't want to have to use power steering in my car. Okay. You're, you, what do you have? Do you have something to prove that you, you don't need power steering in your 2024 car going 70 miles per hour down the road? Like you're dangerous. Why, why, why would you do that? The prong collar is the safest tool to power steer an animal on every account, every account. The only people who do not like prong collars are people who haven't used them, period. Or I've seen in some cases people who use them wrong. That's it. Any person that I've ever talked to, and I've talked to thousands, and I've helped and trained millions that have used the prong collar, love it because it is a life-changing... Again, it's like driving your car. Think about power steering off, how hard you have to steer. Imagine if you're driving your car and all of a sudden it shut off, how hard you have to steer to go places. How much... Unknown caller. Sorry, Mike. How hard you have to steer to to do anything, how much power you have to have. So anyway, my point is, is I, I went to a prong collar pretty quickly and immediately the dog started yielding. He's like, oh, okay. So, because it's a safer collar to use. And I have tons of videos on that. You guys get, you know, the deal on that. So again, like get, get into a non-distracted environment. Like I just used my cul-de-sac, but you can use your driveway. You can use your basement would be better. Uh, get yourself a collar that has action. So that's important. Like your, your dog has to have an, a collar. you don't have to, but a collar with action is going to be very efficient and very effective. Action is essentially accountability. Accountability is essentially enforcement. Enforcement is essentially if your dog decides to say, I'm not listening to you and I don't want to do what you want to do. What is your leverage? Like, how are you going to hold the dog accountable for that? Period. I hear this a lot. My dog is stubborn. My dog doesn't listen. I just did a video on teaching people how to enforce something. So enforcement, again, guys, like just so you know, is like law enforcement. Imagine if we took out all law enforcement. 
What is, why do we have law enforcement? To keep law and order, to enforce the laws that were made by the people, right? So when we have a human race on planet Earth and we say, hey, speed limit's here because there's kids, um, this is what I mean. I don't have to list you guys the amount of laws that we have, but they are there for our safety, right? They're there because we need to keep people in check, right? So, in law enforcement officers, their job is to be there to enforce the law, right? To make sure that the crazy people and the dangerous, violent people, um, you know, are held accountable, or just you know, somebody speeds through a speeds through your neighborhood when kids are playing and they get pulled over and arrested or get a ticket because they're enforcing the law. These are very important things. Every single every single thing in the entire world lives off of law and order. The animal kingdom, the human race, there's always, always going to be some sort of accountability no matter where you go. We've learned really, really early on, really early on, that accountability has to happen when we're living together, right? As, as humans and as animals. Animals, it's more natural, but with humans, there was a point where way, way, way back in the day where they had wooden teeth, they said, we need rules. We need laws. You can't do this because of these reasons. And if you do, there is going to be punishment, right? That was, so the reason why like laws were made because of things happening, right? So anyway, so, so anyway, so when you, I just talk about that very passionately because still like I, I posted this video of making sure that you're enforcing behaviors could be the make or break reason why your dog doesn't respond. And I had people in the video say, what if your dog doesn't listen? And I'm like, I just went over that in the video. I think, and I get it though. People just really want fast, easy, simple results. And that's just not dog training. Anyway, so what you want to do is get yourself some sort of collar with action, make yourself known that you're in a, a place of non-distraction, get yourself some motivation. People also ask, what if my dog isn't food motivated? Then don't bring food. Like You do not need to Pez dispense your dog to train. That's a lie. That's a false. Like You do not need that. You shouldn't do that because you're predicating your entire training off of a reward-based system. If your reward-based system isn't there and you don't have it, guess what? Neither is your training. You will not have it and it won't be there. And anyway, so uh, when you're out, non-distracted environment, get yourself a collar with action and you're going to make you're gonna make a, tr- um, a rectangle. So you're going to go out, you're going to say the dog's name, you're going to say dog heel, the dog is going to be on your left side. The reason why the dog's on the left, that's the proper side, okay? I don't make up the rules here. That's just how it goes. So you're healing out, dog is on the left side, and then you're going to do an inside turn. Inside turn is when you turn inside to the dog with your left leg. So you turn inside because you're making a rectangle. So you're going to go out, you're going to turn left, and the dog may run into your leg. That's fine. You're going to say heel when you turn. So again, we're going to start from the top. Dog's on the left side. We have our collar with action. We have our treats on our right side on our pouch. We're going to say dog heel, one, two, three, four. If the dog is healing nicely, you're going to reward the dog verbally. Don't reach for those treats. Relax. They don't need them, okay? Turn inside to the dog with your left leg. Heel, boom. And then you're going to go straight because you're making a a rectangle. Good heel if the dog is doing well verbally. You're going to do another turn to the left. Heel, boom. And you're going to go all the way back to square one. You're going to stop. You're going to ask the dog to sit. 
If the dog sits, you're going to pay the dog with a piece of food because they've completed the four points, and then you're going to break the dog. And when you break the dog, don't go into a heel with your body. So I was training some trainers last couple of weeks, and they when you're when you're healing, think about me with the dog on my left side. I'm going to say dog heel, good heel. My shoulders are straight. My arm is nice and relaxed. Okay, that's important. Don't choke your dog out as you're walking and wonder why your dog doesn't want to be with you. Put all the leash in one hand, and as you're moving forward, good heel. Put your arm down. Put your arm down. Golly, so many people just yank their dog up and choke their dog out, and they're like, why is my dog not listening? I'm like, I wouldn't listen to you either. You're literally hanging your dog. Put your arm down. Relax. You're out for your walk. You do your four points. The dog sits. You say, break. Now your break, you're going to go in a different direction, right? So you're going to, your voice inflection is different from Fido Heel. It's going to be break. Yay. Good job. You're going to pat the dog on the side. You're going to let the dog have a break. Now that's important. Again, what a lot of people do is they go, hey, my dog's never walked on a leash. I'm going to try to heal all around the neighborhood and back. Heal, 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 bang, heal, bang, heal, bang, heal, bang. What a nightmare. Do not do that. Good God. So you're going to do that little triangle, or I'm sorry, rectangle for a good amount of time. And this, what this does is again, red. Yes. Good red. Green. Yes. Good job. Blue. Nope. That's purple. Oh, okay. Do it again. This is that time where you're going into a heel in a rectangle and you're teaching the dog lots of positive reinforcement. Good heel. Now positive reinforcement because a lot of people have been fooled. A lot of people have been brainwashed. Doesn't mean we're going to Pez dispense our dog with hot dogs. That simply means that we're rewarding our dog. And all you have to do is say, good heel. Your dog's happier than a pig and shit. They're wagging their tail. You looked at them. They're cool. Remember, keep your shoulder straight. Keep that arm down. Don't look at your dog too much. These are all things that dog owners have a really hard time with. And while I'm here talking about this, I also want to mention, um, you know, part of it, you know, one thing I, I said earlier is like uh, part of dog training, like everyone wants a quick fix. Like the amount of DMs I get where it's like, hey, quick question. There is no quick question. I'm a dog mechanic, right? I, I fix dogs' brains and how they operate with their humans and better their relationship. There's nothing quick about it. Everyone wants a quick question. It doesn't exist. If you want the fastest training in the entire world with the fastest results, it doesn't exist. You have to, you have to spend time and understand what you want to do, right? And understand the outcomes and understand the process and the roadmap. But Going in and actually training a dog is really difficult for a lot of you. You struggle. Like I did a poll on Instagram the other day and I said, how many of you have been struggling for one month, two months, or over six months? And 75% of people said they've been struggling for over six months, which which is nuts. You guys, your dog should fully be off-leash trained by six months, let alone be struggling with your behavior. But I, but, And it's sad and I feel bad. But I will say that a lot of people don't have resources. They don't have the ability to understand the things that they're doing, the mistakes that they're making. You can listen to my videos, you can watch my videos, you can listen to my podcast, etc. And that's good and that's helpful. You know, millions of people do it every month, but it's still it's still not as good as somebody being in front of you. So, for the first time we've created that program where I'm actually coaching you through the process. That's a new program that we have. It's called Level Up with Tom Davis. It's it's group coaching. I'm really excited about it. We've worked really hard on it. Just so you guys know to give you context as we continue this conversation of training, to work with me in person is $3,000 for two days. To work with me online as a consulting fee for 
a phone call is about $400. Okay, so what we're doing for this program is I've cut the prices almost down to almost nothing comparable to what people pay uh, per month. And it's a 30 day and a 90 day group coaching. So the 30 day is kind of like a refresher. The 90 days are reset for those of you who are struggling. I can promise you, you will not be struggling as much as you are now. If you join the club or the membership, because I don't know what it is, membership coaching. I don't know what it is, but anyway, because I, the reason why you don't, you're not successful with your dog is because you you don't know the mistakes you're making. You're out there and you're trying over and over and over and over and over again and you're frustrated as heck and you're struggling. But you're you're making the definition of insanity is making the mistake, same mistakes over and over again expecting different results and that's what you're doing. So uh, so basically this new online program you sign up, you send me videos, I talk to you uh like directly and I see your videos and I make all the comments on the things that you're doing and then for an hour so that's that's once a week and then a- another time once a week. So twice a week we meet, one of them is group, one of them is private. We talk about all the things that you're doing and it's a 30-day program, so it's 4 weeks and then there's our 90-day program, which is 3 months, which is a whole reset. Um again, it's unbelievably low cost compared to how much it costs. You don't have to wait for me to come to a city near you as a seminar and pay thousands of dollars. You can work on this anytime. We got a couple questions about people living out of the country um, for our, for our group coaching time. Um, we record it and we sent, we can send it to you after. So um, there is no walls. If you guys are struggling and you want to work with me, I've dedicated my whole life over 10 years, specializing in behavior, specializing coaching in people. You watch my videos, you listen to my podcasts. There's no no barriers anymore. You don't have to wait. You don't have to not afford it. There's low cost, very low cost for training. Um, you can enter the program now by clicking the link below. I'm very excited about that. But going back into my conversation with the with the on with the dog training pulling or the pulling on the leash is like you have to make these are, these are the, the reason why I got into that is because the reason why people fail is because you're listening to this podcast thinking, oh, I do that. I already, I do that. No, you don't. I promise you. You don't. I say that very confidently because the amount of people that have said, oh no, my, you know, and I'm watching you. I'm like, nope, your arm is straight up in the air. You're talking to your dog. You're looking at your dog. You're not breathing. You're saying all the wrong information. Put your arm down, breathe, relax. So work on that rectangle. I would say for about a couple of days, maybe a day, but just what you can do is you can build your duration. So as you build your duration, what you'll do is instead of do your four points, four points means the four corners of the rectangle. Heel, turn, heel, turn, heel, back to where you started, break. What you can do is you can build that duration to say, okay, now I'm going to do one and a half, right? Which will be what? Four plus two, six. Okay, so on and so forth. So then you'll do two, then you'll do two and a half, then you'll do three. And you have to do that in duration. And then you start developing this, you know, with a little bit more distractions. And that's how you build that, that system. But the dog has to fundamentally understand, here's the big part, the balance. The dog has to understand when they're walking in that loose leash that that is heel. Good heel. Got to mark it. Not good boy. Not good girl. Not good job. Good heel. Good means the dog goes, oh, I'm doing something. What am I doing? Heel. Okay, this must be heel. Okay? Good heel. Nice. Now, the other big part of that is is making sure that you correct the dog when they when their chest passes your legs. Now, this is huge. Again, enforce my dog's stubborn. My dog won't listen. Well, your dog's stubborn. Not really. Your dog just doesn't give a shit what you have to say because you're not holding the dog accountable. There is, uh, I'm going to rob a bank. Oh, please don't. Okay, I'm robbing the bank every day. 
Because the worst case scenario is, is you're going to do, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me read this. Let me read this. Okay, I did this whole video on recall. What it was is I had a dog on a long line, same German Shepherd that we're talking about right now. I said, dog come. The dog didn't. I pop the leash on the long line. The dog turned around and came to me. And I said, if you don't enforce things, your dog will not come to you, period. The enforcement is the punishment and the accountability. If your dog is sniffing rabbit poop and you say, come, they're like, hold on one second because this is rabbit poop. That's not only dangerous, but it's very irresponsible to set your dog's relationship up like that. You tell your dog to do something, you ask your dog to do it, and they say, yeah, on my terms, wait for me, hold on. That's, that's so inhumane to have a dog think that that's the role that they live with you. Do not do that. I talk about in that video how much anxiety and stress and aggression that that causes. So I did this whole thing. And I just want to give you like, I, I don't blame anybody, but it is, it is, it's the simplest, most digestible information that I could possibly give you guys, you know? And then one other person said, I wish it was this simple. And I said, it is this simple. I did it right here, right in front of you. So this one thing is said, this one person said, she said, uh, and I'm not talking shit. I'm just telling you like the, the you guys are the ones that listen to this. You guys are the ones that comment on my videos. And I just want to walk you through, like if you watch the video I did with the recall today, I literally said, if your dog doesn't listen and you don't hold them accountable and you just ask them again, you ask them again, you ask them again, you ask them again. That's the worst case scenario that's going to happen. So you got to look at the point of view of the dog. They're sniffing something interesting, whatever it is. You say their name, Fido, come. They go, nope. I'm interested in this. I'm not coming. If you just say it again, not only will your dog not come to you, which is terribly dangerous, but your relationship with your dog will melt into this anxious pot of, I'm never listening to you. I'm never engaged with you. I, whatever. That's, it's just the worst. So I said that and said, how long do you think it takes for them to respond to recall without treats? My dog usually knows how to do it, but if I have a treat, uh, they ignore me or run the other way when I don't have one. And I said, when he ignores you, have you enforced it? Okay. So when your dog ignores you, again, this is what's happening. I said, if your dog ignores you, this is what to do. So I said, when he ignores you, what have you done? She said, maybe I have enforced it, but I'll call him again and give him a treat when she responds. So I've, I'm, it's, I feel so sad for dog owners because there's just the most fundamental easiest way to train dogs. I, I can do it in five to 10 minutes. Bing, bang, boom, boom. <gasps> How'd you do that? It's, I'm telling you guys, it's not dog whisper. It's not like, yeah, maybe I have this innate ability that God gave me, whatever. But I'm just saying, like I, I spelled it all out. Your dog's off leash or your dog's away from you on a long line. You say, dog come. They go, nope. Pop. Excuse me. What am I chopped liver? The dog comes running to you. You pay him. So she said, well, I don't, the only thing that I do when my dog doesn't listen is I say their name until they come. And then when they do come, I pay him. So what you're doing is you're telling your dog, you can ignore me all you want. And I'm just going to keep bugging you. Hey, 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 come, hey, come, hey, hey, come, come. And they're like, shut up, lady. Give me a second. I'm busy. That's what your dog is saying. Oh, wait. Oh, come. Hey, how about, hey, 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 how about over? Hey, listen. But hey, and then finally the dog's like, God damn, okay, and I'm coming to you. And then you boom, yay, and you pay him. Like the worst way 
to ruin the best way to ruin your dog is that. So again, I call him again and give him treats when she comes. So I said, so enforcing the behavior is what this whole video is about. You should really watch it, you know? So it's just things like that. So just, so it doesn't matter what equipment you're using. It doesn't matter what, um, you know, again, it just has to be something with action. I just prefer the prong collar because it's the safest, but then what you do is you start copying and pasting those things. So when you're correcting a dog, when they pass your leg, this is another, like, this is the other half to this. You have to make sure that as the dog correct. So what I do is I go, ah, uh-uh, pop, ah, uh-uh, pop. So I call it like a, um, a correction marker. So it's, it's enforced, but I'm, I'm saying to the, or a cue, I'm saying to the dog, as they walk past my leg, I'm going to give them kind of a warning. I say, ah, uh-uh, like that. And if they walk past my leg, bang, bang the correction happens. I flick my wrist twice and the prong collar comes up and goes clunk, clunk. And then the dog takes a step back and I go good heel and I move on. Now, what that does is you guys have to listen to this, what I'm saying. This is the most important thing. This is what people pay me thousands of dollars for. I'm going to give you right now in about four sentences. Okay. This is very important, very real, very easy. Is as soon as I say, ah, ah, it's then enforced by a correction. And in this case, it was the prong collar. So I said, hey, you're pushing your boundaries, bud. Ah, ah, pop, pop. Okay. So then in the future, what happens is when the dog passes my leg, I go, ah, ah, and they take a step back. Oop, oop, because I enforced it. It's that simple. So your dog's off leash. You say, come, they go, nope. You say, come, they go, nope. You say, come, they go, nope. That's your life. Good luck. It's going to be like that for the rest of the dog's life. Just say no. That's how it goes. So what you do is you say, dog, come. They go, they flip you off. They say, uh, take a back seat, bud. You correct them and they go, shit. And they come running to you. So the next time you say, come, they're like, whoop, they're right to you. Thank you very much. You pay them. So that's how you do that. So remember, small increments, non-distracted environments have the ability to hold the dog accountable if they decide to pass you. Don't wait for the dog to be in front of you to correct them. If the dog is in front of you, you lose. Your objective is once the dog starts to get, because they have leverage. So if your dog pulls on a leash, the only thing you can do is pull back. You can't correct. So now you're playing tug of war with your dog. Not going to work. It's very, very damaging to your relationship because your dog knows you have no idea what you're doing and you're losing control. So your dog then immediately again gets anxious, gets insecure, gets nervous, gets protective because you have no idea what you're doing. You're showing them. I have no control over you. That is the worst cases of behavioral I've ever seen in my entire life is dogs who are out of control on the leash. And I'm trying to have you guys never go down that path. The dog starts to work forward. You can tell the dog starts to go, ooh, look at what's going on. And then you start to slow down and they start to go forward. Bang, bang, ah, ah, bang, bang, ah, ah, bang, bang. So that way in the future, your tool is the enforcement, but it's, it's an extension of you. It's not the reason why your dog stopped. If you do it right, your dog only listens to your voice. Ah, uh-uh, okay, my bad. Same thing with positive reinforcement. If you believe in positive reinforcement, then you you have to believe in positive punishment, right? So if you believe that positive reinforcement happens and succeeds in teaching and sculpting and molding and shaping behaviors because the dog enjoys it, we say sit, they say yes, we pay them. Then at a fundamental level, it's the same exact thing on the other end of the spectrum where the dog finds it stressful, the dog finds discomfort in it, and the dog understands that whatever they just did causes that. Therefore, they never want to do it again. That's an invisible fence. It's what that does, right? That's exactly what we do. So the dog starts, ah, ah, bang, bang. 
backwards. So that's how to introduce, those are some fun, those are the things, those are the reasons why people fail and that's the first exercises that you guys need to do in order to teach a loose leash with your dog at a very fundamental, easy to digest, very, very easy uh, level. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope it made sense. Hope it's beneficial to you guys. Talk to you next time.